the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Six minutes after six on a Monday. Welcome to this week in the Dave Ellswick Show. Let me uh, tell you, this week will be a little bit different. I will be here today and tomorrow. I will be out uh, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. I have uh, a medical issue I have to take care of. Uh, Nothing deadly, but something that needs to be taken care of. And then I'll be back next Monday, so the power panel won't even know I've been gone. But uh, everybody else is going to know that I've been gone for three days. Do we still get um, some, sick, some sick leave? Do we get yeah, paid? you do. You do get, yeah, and I'll pay <laughs> okay. you what I pay you during regular hours. Okay, well, that sounds good. For, sick, some, some for, for your sick leave as well. All you're worth, Paul. So, <laughs> pay me just exactly got, what I'm worth. Huh? Just so everybody knows, uh, Wednesday uh, – We'll have uh, Robert Steinbach will fill in for me. Yeah. Uh, the the car guys will be in Wednesday in the last hour. They'll do their own segment because they've been doing that segment for so long they don't even need me there. Uh, Thursday, uh, J.R. Davis will fill in for the uh, three hours. And then on Friday, Robert's back to take care of the Friday edition of the Dave Ellswick Show. So that's the way things are are shaping up for the rest of this week. I'm taking three sick days uh, this week. I'm not one that likes to take days off. I don't even like to take vacation days off a lot of times, uh, but that uh, is going to be the case uh, this coming week. With that said, uh, a few things happened over the weekend. Iverson Jackson is there. R.G. Hopper is there. Uh, Paul Calvert in the studio. Wayne Beach in the studio. Uh, the last three guys I want to talk. Iverson, right now I'm going to ask you to just sit on the sideline because I'm going to talk about the uh, uh, GOP chairmanship that uh, some things happened over the weekend and I'd like to talk about them. And I'm not going to put you on the spot about them right now. Uh, I don't need to. But I guess all of you have heard that Nabholtz has uh, pulled his name out of the running for I heard that. for the uh, uh, G- boy, you don't listen to my show enough. Buddy. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> yeah, the, the GOP, the the GOP uh, chairmanship, and I was just wondering if each of you uh, would give your thoughts uh, about it. I'm going to start with Wayne Beach, who's there, because Wayne, I know, has been staying very close to this topic and working it hard. There is another person who's running. Uh, it is a female. I heard that she wasn't uh, 
totally convinced that she should run for the the chairmanship. And that's what I want. I want somebody who wants to be chairman because he feels that he needs to be chairman. And that's, you know, where Iverson is. But let me just go to you, Wayne. What are you hearing on this? Well, one of the things that kind of messed me up was that uh, Iverson was given a uh, an old list of the uh, of the people that would be voting for him. Uh, and the other candidate got um, got the updated list. And now that may be corrected here in a little bit. Hopefully it will be. The other thing is that that uh, all three candidates are, are good candidates. They're good. Yeah. They're good. They're good conservatives. But I think that um, somebody that's going to be dedicated full time, full time to running the party is going to be Iverson. And that's that's just my uh, my personal opinion. Uh, I think that Iverson has he has command experience from the military, organizational skills. He has he is a uh, minister, so he has he has a good background in in our morals and our values that match up with the the Republican Party uh, uh, platform as well as the uh, uh, our principles. Uh, you you uh, whenever I talk to him, he's uh, he's straightforward. He uh, he's honest. I can I, I there's somebody I can depend on to always tell me the truth. Okay, well, here's the question I'm asking: Why did Nebholz decide to drop out? Now I had heard from the very beginning he really didn't want to run. Is that what you heard? Yes, I heard, I heard that he really didn't want to run. That he was basically selected and okay. uh, to run. So people were asking him to run, and they would make sure that he got the gig. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, maybe maybe what happened was that Navajoltz saw that there was a another a, a good man in the race and decided, you know what, I I don't want to spend my time on this when someone else is there who can do as good a job or better than I can, and maybe that was his motivation for. It. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure it's a lot of work. Now, so I, let me so tell you, let me tell Wayne, you something. Wayne, when did the woman get involved? I I don't even know. Her John Hale. Yeah, John Hale. Okay. When did she jump into the the fray? Um, it's about the same time I understand that, that uh, John decided to to bail just right right before that. Okay. Um, she uh, she was us to get into it. All uh, right. But I think that uh, uh, Joan L. I thought didn't she isn't she going back uh, as the uh, national um, committee woman and uh, and I think she's got. We need those skills too. Somebody to be able to organize uh, the party, and in terms of in terms of partying, and and also these these uh, functions that we have. And she's got a lot of that experience there too. But, so she's uh, worked with the upper echelons a lot, right? And she's worked with the upper echelons a lot, so that she brings some things to the table that are good. But honestly, I think that uh, that Iverson brings a lot more to the table, in my opinion. Okay. All right. So. Where we're at right now, what you just said a minute ago, Wayne, I hadn't heard. Tell us about this list. Uh, The Republican Party has a list of all the committee women and all the committee men, all of the candidates that are running for office as well as the candidates that are in office right now. It also has a – is also on that list. Everybody that's able to vote in that December – it's December election for the GOP chairmanship. First Saturday, correct? 
I believe so. It's the sixth or seventh, I think. Okay. All right. So this list is given to the candidates so they know who the movers and shakers are it's so got, they can talk to them. Right. It's got all their contact information, that sort of thing. And and what had happened is that we got a list of this early on, and uh, it just might have been a, an oversight. Uh, I'm sure it was, uh, but it kind of it kind of set us back a little bit because uh, okay. we were in the process of of making phone calls, and we found out that that several of these people were no longer in those positions. December fifth would be the if it's the first Saturday in December, that's when the uh, election will take place. Right, it's right in there in the first part of December. Okay, I'm looking at my calendar right now, so everybody knows December uh, the fifth. So Iverson, now I can bring you back in. Just ask, what have you been doing? Have you have you already been contacting people about going out and speaking to the party? Yes, I've been uh, contacting people. Also, been uh, going to some county meetings and meeting with some other uh, groups of people that are, are, are that that are influential that know uh, people in the party and uh, that are participating in there. So, I've been having a lot of good. Good meetings. Uh, we're in El Dorado, Hot Springs, uh, been uh, all last week, and, 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 of course, again, making the calls and, and making connections. So, And it's been going really well. Been been going really well. A lot of people that you, I've met over the years and a lot of different places I've spoken over the years. And so there's been a lot of support. So I, I'm just uh, I'm thrilled about the way things are going. And uh, having Wayne here uh, help, uh, help me. And, and uh, there's a lot of things I don't know that uh, people that have been in a lot longer than I have been in that have really helped me out. So it's, it's going great, and uh, I'm very thankful for it. All right. We I need, th- to, get, we need okay. to get a break. Who wants to say something? Somebody this is R.D. I can we'll Go talk. R.D. I want to say something when we get back, if we're going into break. Or- okay. All right. We'll pick it up with you when we come back. I'm Dave Ellswick, Dave Ellswick Show in the studio. Iverson Jackson, Wayne Beach, R.D. Hopper and Paul Calvert. Jan is not here today. The power panel has convened for this Monday on the Dave Ellswick Show. Okay, if you just joined us here on the uh, Dave Ellswick Show for a Monday, the power panel is in the studio. Iverson Jackson is there. Wayne Beach is there. R.D. Hopper is there. And so is... uh, Paul Calvert, Jan Jan Morgan is not there uh, today. Uh, On uh, Mevo, on our Dave Ellswick uh, Facebook page, Dave Ellswick Show, you can can watch these guys while they're in action. R.D., you you said that you had something you wanted to bring up when we got back, so let's start with you here this second segment. Well, we were talking about the chairmanship of the Arkansas Republican uh, party of Arkansas and uh, you know you can look at different kind of candidates I know Nabholt has been uh, very active in Conway for a very long time with the Republican committee in Conway mm-hmm. he comes from a very good family I know I've known several of his uncles and, and different people through the through the years that I've had interaction inter- interaction done business with uh but you know, you feel like they've been around. They've they've been in the politics of it, and, uh, and they're kind of part of the scenery. Part of the scenery, which there's nothing wrong with that. We want people that's been active. Joan L. Fulmer, and as far as y'all were talking about a, a reason that he may have dropped out, I tell you what, politics. You know, 
they have a very strong family business to run Mm -hmm. and uh, i'm sure he has a family and obligation when you start looking about full time and seven days a week you know being available seven days a week that's something you have to consider it's a sacrifice that you have to make to get in and that's something that you have to look at is how's your business going to fare and how's your family how old are your kids and how much time away from your family is 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 there going to be i I can't read his mind, but I know that's something that you have to think about when you start getting in a position like that. Right. And Jonah, I, I don't think, I, in my opinion, I, I'm not sure. I, like I said, I love Jonah to death. She's a uh, uh, she's a sweet sweet girl, but I'm afraid that I'm afraid that she she uh, she may not have the uh, how you say that the voice or the um, the gravitas. Jonah. <laughs> Jonelle. Jonelle is. I love her death, but I think that that in terms of uh, standing in front of a party and 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 speaking the party platform and th- I think that uh, that uh, um, that Iverson has a better a better take on that. I would like to see Jonelle in a, in a uh, a position like the first chair, second uh, first first co chair or the second co chair. Or uh, where she's at right now, into the uh, uh, national uh, Republican uh, uh, committee woman. She's done a very good job in that position. As far as I know, she's been in that position for eight to ten years, about about as long as I've been going to to the committee meetings. And and uh, she is one of the sweetest persons you'll ever you'll ever meet. (laughs) She's got a good heart. She loves everybody. She loves the party. But you know. Sometimes, you know, sometimes you need uh, somebody that's a fighter. And I'm not saying that she's so much of a fighter, but she is tenderhearted. Mm-hmm. And, uh, okay. you know, as far as your neighbor next door or so, or somebody, uh, she'd be the person you'd want to pick for, for your neighbor next door. But uh, we need a grassroots person. Uh, you know, the people from the county committees, I think we're looking for a Donald Trump type of person. Somebody will come in that uh, that's going to look at something and call it black or white the way it is. Say, hey, this is good. This is bad. And and uh, somebody will stand up and say, hey, we're not going to run over our counties. And this association that needs to be run from the from the bottom up and not from the top down. Right. And that's what I feel like that, that the Republican Party is ready for. But it has to be someone that works with the people that are in the establishment as far as raising money and influence and stuff like that. So, well, you've been, much like you've been all Trump. yeah, you've been all over the state, uh, Wayne, and uh, so have you, RD, and you both have been involved in the party. Uh, is there a feeling amongst the Republican Party that the uh, you know your uh, your county Republican parties don't have as much to say, have as much to say in what they they want to be uh, done with the Republican Party as they would like? I believe it. I believe it's that way, I, and that's just my opinion. It because because uh, I see I see things from the top uh, actually being run from the governor's office or the uh, uh, from that area. Rd smiling at me like he know he knows what I'm talking about. Uh, I see. Uh, I actually see uh, uh, the county committees are are beginning to get more uh, involved, and uh, that's what I want to see. I want to see the county committees. Run the Republican Party, 
uh, not just not just the few at the top uh, or even the government running the the Republican Party, and that's what I think thinks is happening in my opinion uh, or my in observations. The, yeah, in the past, go ahead. Are you seeing that as well, RD? Are you seeing more of a a grassroots swell going on in Arkansas? That's what I feel, and and that's what I, that several of us have been trying to do. You, you know, just some changes that I've seen in the last th- three years. Uh, used to, whenever we show up at state committee meeting, there would be a platform. There would be a platform committee the night before uh, the state convention, and we'd all get, we'd get out everything that's going toward the platform, and we would hash them out the night before. And if the the committee would meet publicly, and if there was someone that had an initiative that they wanted voted on the next day, then the committee and the group of people that cared enough to show up the night before could actually add something to be voted on the next day. Very much felt like a grassroots effort that we got to talk about it before we voted on it the next day, and we actually could present something and and uh, do like the everybody does the emergency clause and maybe put it before everybody the next day and if enough people vote that they'd like to hear it then it could be voted on the next day but uh but here lately you know before this year you know we'd sent things to the platform committee and we never knew when they were going to meet we never knew when they were going to draw the deadline uh couldn't show up to, to voice it and then uh, I showed up about three about three years ago in Fayetteville when we meet, met at Fayetteville and uh, wanted to know when the platform committee was. And they said, we don't need to have those meetings anymore. You know, oh, they were wow. kind of went behind closed doors. And then uh, so if the committee, you know how something getting something out of committee is at the state capitol. If it doesn't come out of committee, it's dead. That's correct. So, uh, so it was a very tight hold on the uh, getting something put on on the committee platform committee or something like that so i felt like that the counties were kind of shut out of the process mm-hmm. now this year iverson was on the committee this year and the lona county uh, did submit the one that you you read and we got we got something a resolution done we started out for the platform committee and come up with a resolution which was good which was good enough and was a step in the right direction so i've seen it uh, go from where it felt like grassroots to where it was felt like the top down, and now I feel like it's going back the grassroots direction. It's kind of it's kind of interesting in politics because that's the way it tends to kind of ebb and flow, is it not, Wayne? Yes, I think it is. I think what happens is that uh, it, you have to ask yourself, who's going to grow the party? And that's that's what you primarily want. You want party participation. And I think that Iverson probably uh, has a, a better hold. And we really, there's a, still some blue areas here in the state that I really want to see grow. And uh, that includes eastern Arkansas along the Mississippi River. That includes up in the uh, uh, in the, uh, uh, the western edge of, 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 uh, of the state, as well as uh, some of the, the lower portions around. It seems to be always around the fringe areas. And here even in Little Rock. I think that that uh, we need to grow the party here in Little Rock to actually show a, high, a bigger presence here, and uh, I think that uh, Iverson has that has that uh, those skill sets. All right, we're, who, who? Somebody just took a breath. Who took a breath? That was me. <laughs> okay, we've got about sixty seconds. Go. 
Okay. I was just going to say, you know, when the Republican, I talked to another state that went Republican faster than Arkansas did, and they said, first thing you do is you get the majority of the Republicans in there, then you go back to the drawing board, then you find the most conservative ones you can, and then you get more conservative Republicans in there the second time and then you start trying to get the the more conservative so we've got the republicans in there just like he said it's time to get some good some more conservative ones let's cut the budget reduce the size of government and cut some laws yes now let's get back to let's get back to uh the the whole idea that our uh, our government is three co-equal branches i think that we've moved away from that and uh, that needs to be dealt with as well we got a lot more to talk about this morning here with our power panel when we come back i got a great article uh from liz peak of fox news talking about the president the president did some very important things over the weekend and we're going to discuss them the congress can uh refuses to act the president does act we'll talk about it when we get back here on the dave ellswick show news is next let's get to that on 101.1 fm the answer all right so we move in our discussions to uh, some national politics now over the weekend some interesting things happened uh that may have gotten drowned out around you because you're paying attention to what's going on in your own life on a weekend and not really paying attention to what's going on in Washington, D.C. Well, Washington Examiner Chief Congressional Correspondent Susan uh, Ferraccio uh, says she thinks President Trump helped his chances for re-election by signing uh, some uh, COVID-19 stimulus executive orders on Saturday. Let me just ask each of you there on the panel today. Uh, Paul, did you know that the president had signed executive orders over I, the weekend? I had heard that. That's. Um, I guess I don't understand how he has the authority to do that, um, but it is kind of interesting. You know, if, uh, maybe he's he's going to. Trump the Democrats. Is that a way to put it? I don't know. I mean, or Trump Congress almost most here, but I, I don't know. I don't know what to think about it. It's it, it seems kind of interesting. One of the things that I heard was that he was wanting to um, sort of like suspend taxes for a few months to help Payroll, stimulate the payroll, uh, tax. payroll taxes, which, you know, if you if if you got to have some sort of t- stimulus, that's probably the best that, time to have. That's over 7% of your paycheck yeah. right there. That would suddenly end up in your paycheck. Hey, uh, R.D., had you heard much about it? Uh, he's been talking about doing it. I heard that he'd done something. I hadn't read it, exactly what he'd done, but he's been talking for a week or two and saying, hey, if you Democrats will not negotiate yeah. with us, I can do an executive order and get this done. And, you know, uh, me and Paul are kind of against the whole idea of this whole thing, I think. Uh, we call this a conservative socialism. We're going. We're going. We're going to do socialism, but we're going to get off cheap, cheaper. So, uh, so anyway, uh, I'm all for cutting taxes. Anytime cutting taxes is a good idea. But as we know, when we were talking about during break, you have to cut budget to cut taxes if you want. If you want a long term effect, but yes. But I'd also read uh, 
you can tell them this, Dave, that it extended the unemployment benefits. Us businesses out there, we can't hire people right now, or it's hard to hire people yeah, because they, they can make, make more, more money, money at sitting home. at home than yeah, they can working. So give us a break and let us put people back to work. Yeah, that seems to be the the whole issue. As I as I thought about it, I said, why are we extending? You know benefits when we could be working that's that's the issue uh, i get calls do you know anybody that can you know that i can hire i get several calls like that and people looking for someone to hire and maybe that's different in other states or you know cities but uh this uh just continually continue continuously just well, and, and giving just, people free stuff but you know and, and we continue to have this problem where we are um giving people money and we've got a bunch of people out of work right now, so productivity is, I guess, uh, theoretically at least, is down. We have to go back to work. Well, right, and if productivity is down, so I think that's going to mean that supply of stuff, whatever it is we buy and consume, is going to be down. Yet, if we still have the same amount of money or more because the government has given it out to us, then does that mean that our our supplies of of goods that's, and that's services a recipe for uh, inflation yeah shortages shortages the government has been involved look at the rules and the regulation for all this covid well, and all this look, stuff the government has been involved they have made things worse, worse. they have made things worse <laughs> they've made things more expensive they made it harder to do business yes. how much more help do we need <laughs> is, that, is that government help it, it, yes. it, 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 it's kind of like it's kind of like a, a government issued life jacket it's made out of lead <laughs> that's a well, RD, right. you said how much more government help do we need there's there's mm. a book and and this guy's right because he's writing about the the african-american community and he says to the government, please stop helping us. That's a, I'd like to read that book. You're helping I mean, us. That applies to everybody. And it, apply, and it does. When government gets involved like that, it's, it's a recipe for disaster. Okay, well, here's the key. The president is furious uh, that Democrat leaders, Pelosi and Schumer, have been blocking the bill to help Americans through the COVID-19 crisis. Nothing is getting done in Washington, D.C. Absolutely nothing. So Trump stepped up and got the job done all by himself. Let's talk about what he did. Over the weekend, he issued four executive orders that would extend modified unemployment relief to millions who are out of work, protect many from eviction from their homes, provide continued relief from student loan debt, and suspend payroll taxes for employers and those earning less than $100,000. It may not be enough, but it was more than the Democrats were offering. Now, I got to say, I think that's plenty, what he's trying to do right here. But it's, it's definitely more than what the Democrats are doing. The Democrats are saying, if you don't do the $2 trillion deal that we want to do, mm-hmm. we're not going to do any, any deal at all. And voting by mail. Things yeah. that don't even have a things that don't even have anything to do with the with this pandemic not a single thing when you start putting money into organizations like the arts and things like that and it doesn't have anything and it's our tax money it's absolutely our tax money why are why are we why were we letting the democrats even run us that way is because he was actually wanting in the in the previous one he was actually wanting to help the people but he didn't want to to go in and and correct all the bad management in all the Democrat-run mm-hmm. cities and states. Reward bad behavior. You get well, more by, of it. By, by, uh, 
giving people money they're not spending it right so well let, let me let me go back to this liz peak article and if you guys will go to foxnews.com it's right there on the the, the landing page uh pelosi and schumer are just really 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 ticked off uh pelosi expect uh, uh as usual uh, the worse. She called Trump's measures illusions. But here's the problem for her. OK, so Trump didn't give uh, out of work people six hundred dollars extra a month uh, to make it. He gave him four hundred dollars a month. But because the president made the statement, giving people six hundred dollars a month was way too much. And was keeping people from going back to work, but uh, and 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 the Democrats are just saying, if you don't do six hundred dollars, then you might as well not do anything. And the president's saying, if you do four hundred dollars and people get their jobs back, you've done everything. So uh, I think that this is the president is working to box in Democrats. And how they can possibly challenge his orders or take his mandated benefits away from the people. So the question always comes, and it was the same question that I asked when we were arguing over, uh, uh, you know, our, our whole, our whole thing, Medicare for all or, or uh, uh, you know, the, the Republicans' view of it. What do they call it now as far as uh, 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 my work for uh, what is it? Yeah, what uh, is Arkansas works. Arkansas works, Arkansas works Ar- or whatever. Here's the key: once something's been given to the people, how do you take it away? How do you take it away? And if you're on the side that you want the big numbers being to- given, and you're blocking everything from any even anything being done, what does that make you look like in front of the American people when you have a presence as a look? We've got to help, help these people out. Let's do this. And at that point, if you're not willing to say, yeah, we'll work with the president on this and do it. Kind of makes you look like an obstructionist. That's exactly what it makes you look like. And it makes you look like it's not about whether you care about the people or not. Exactly. It's, politics. it's about politics. 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 Exactly. Exactly. And you hit it right on the, the button there, uh, Iverson. You want to jump on that a little bit? Yeah. That, and, and that's exactly what's going on. This this is the thing that I've loved about Donald Trump from from the uh, word go is that he doesn't play the political games. He's a businessman. He understands how business works. You know, I think just about everybody here at this table is small uh, business owner or business, I should say, business owners. And so we understand how business works. That if you don't work, you don't get, you don't make any money. And so yeah, Trump you, understands you don't, that. You don't sit around and wait for you stuff to happen. You don't sit around and wait. You know, uh, when you're on the government dole like these uh, politicians, they don't care if, if something gets passed or not because they're still going li- to be living high on the hog where the uh, average Joe out there, is, you know, he's really got it try to figure something out so we, we, so feed, they don't care. we have to feed that hog we got to feed that hog but donald trump is saying look it's, it's about getting something done not posturing and so that's what i love about him is he's he's a get it done type person and yeah, that's what we got to have we got to have some to incentivize people to go back to work yeah, and i think that's that's what he's trying to do there's people that need help that have that have lost their jobs there's industries that need help more than others but they're giving 
trillions of dollars and, and million dollars to churches. And here's the thing: the, the, churches and, and nonprofit organizations. It's just like any government thing. They can't help the people that really needs help without spending fifty percent extra of the people that don't. Uh, a lot need it. only fifty percent. Also, so that's that's part of the problem. I'm being is kind. right? You're, you're being you're extremely being generous, and so and so. What happens is that probably what what you have is something more along the lines of, let's say there's there's a maybe a, a widow woman over here that needs some help. And so I come and say, maybe she needs, let's say she needs $100. So I come and take $10,000 from you, I give her a 50. That may be closer to what we have. Yeah, that's probably closer than and, the 50-50 I always and, track and, and, on, and on the way over her over there, I run over her foot with my car. Yeah, that, that's, business. That's, that's a lot worse off <laughs> when you finish with it. Shutter business. Shutter business. Right, right. I made it Ill, right. So, by, by the way, I made it illegal for her to, for her to cut hair in her in her kitchen. With that she could do while she was um, home with her children. Well, or, or, when, before, when we, we before we discuss we go. that, that the politicians broke the economy. <laughs> yeah. So that we would be dependent upon them. Well, that's exactly when are we going right. to discuss that? Yeah, let's, uh, <laughs> let's, let's talk about this. You've got the Democrats saying, well, $400, no, and they haven't even been talking about that. Here's what the Democrats have been talking about. This is what they've been pushing for the last week and a half. They have been pressing to ban ID requirements and signature verification when you go to vote. Now, that's what that, for mail-in votes, that's what they have been pressing. They haven't been pressing anything dealing with the average American. Now, the average American is sitting down at their table, and they're saying, how do I pay the bills? How do I put food on the table? How do I put clothes on my kid's body? How do I put shoes on their feet? What they're not thinking about is how many people can we get to come to the polls if we allow them not to have to uh, verify their ID? They're not thinking about that, and Donald Trump understands that. Yes, he gets it. I agree with that. And one thing that I think we have to say in Arkansas has really done a better job coping with this pandemic than a lot of states are. I'm not saying that we've done perfect, but uh, uh, there's a lot – Arkansas has fared better through this than than most states have. All right, we got to get a break in. When we come back, I'll tell you why the Democrats are doing what they're doing as well, and that's because they've got uh, the the ship that's called the U.S. economy listing in the ocean right now after that first broadside taken when COVID nineteen started. They'd like to sink the American economy with their next salvo. We'll talk about that when we come back. The Dave Ellswick Show here on 101.1 FM, The Answer. All right, back with you as we uh, talk with the power panel. They are in the studio in the station. I'm at home from my dining room. It's amazing what we can do now. Uh, Heidi is there producing everything. And in the studio is uh, Iverson Jackson, is uh, Artie Hopper, is Paul Calvert, and then over uh, there, probably sandwiched in between a couple of guys, is uh, uh, our 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 other uh, other man, <laughs> <laughs> horrible life and Gooch. Wayne, Wayne Beach. He, he's, he's, yeah. he's that little piece of salami in the middle. Wayne of the, uh, Wayne is over. There. Hey Wayne, yes, did sir. you did 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 uh, you try to sit in my chair? And Paul said that was his chair. No, uh, I, I'm not. I'm kind of one of those guys that at 
typically remains kind of quiet and listens she, she more did, than I. She didn't threaten That's me with a, he, he didn't threaten me with a gun like Jan did. <laughs> Jan, yeah. gets, Jan will will jerk him up by the nap of the neck and say, "You're in my seat." All right. So, are you sitting in my chair today, Paul? I am. Yes, sir. I figured. Yeah, you'd I, be I, there. I, I got um, one of us has to has to be here so we can um, see what um, Heidi says to us. Uh huh. Oh, so you're the one that looks through the uh, window and. Yeah. Yeah, and she, by her hand signal. Right, and she, he's the teacher's pet. Something like that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, something okay. like that. Yeah. But we got seven minutes left I, I, here. I Let squat me... down so they can so I can get pet. <laughs> I Liz just Peak, want those focus really, employees. <laughs> this article that Liz Peake wrote for Fox, she made uh, made some really good good uh, recommendations and observations. And one of her other observations was the Democrats know. That if they if the economy gets going again, and let, let's face it, Friday was not that bad of a jobs report. More jobs were created, and uh, more people were going back to work. Unemployment fell, and the economy is still healing, not as quickly as it did well, in I, uh, I, July. I, I heard on the radio this morning, I think, that the Dow is only down 3% for the year, and then the NASDAQ is up about 20-something percent, and the um, S&P was up, what, 3 or 5 percent or something like that. So the, the the stock market is really coming back pretty hard. It is coming back very well. If you look at the stock market, it's like you just said, uh, it closed uh, Friday a little over, I believe, 27,000. Uh, we got, uh, when we uh, had... The shutdown of the economy, it was at 29. So uh, we're, we're getting close to 29,000, and it fell all the way to 18,000. Keep that in mind. Yeah. So but if, the, if the economy comes back, that makes Trump look better all the time. And uh, the uh, Democrats will uh, be trying to block anything in the next round of stimulus. Now, they'll say they've got ideas about the stimulus, but their ideas are so far out there uh, for us to do that they can't get all the necessary votes. Not so uh, with the president. And, uh, you know, the Democrats don't care. Their priority is what? What's their priority right now? Win the election. Win the Thank election. you. Beat That's Donald Trump. About. That's exactly mm-hmm. right. At any the cost. American people be damned. Yes. I mean, seriously. Mm-hmm. So uh, you've got to ask this question then. And I think this is a legitimate question, and we'll start talking about it this hour. We'll pick it up in the next hour. If the Democrats think they got Donald Trump on the ropes, do they think they have Donald Trump on the ropes? Are the, is the leadership of the Democratic Party confident that they're going to oust Trump in November? Uh, hasn't that been their message of late that we don't, we're going to see not only just a blue wave, but again, we're going to see the blue tsunami taking over the Senate as well as the Oval Office. And the media has tried to play that part. Uh, as well, but they're now having problems because of the numbers they're seeing in polling. It was just a month or, uh, and a half ago that the president was down nine points. 
He's only down three points now. Uh, well, I mean, the Democrats have a presidential candidate that we're, we're not sure is, is even alive at this point. And maybe he's um, maybe he's going to be qualified for a nursing home if he ever gets elected. If, and it'll be interesting to see if he can actually stand up um, during the debates. Well, they, they have a candidate. They need to put a steel mask over his mouth. <laughs> Yeah, when I look when I look at this, I'm even here for some conservatives that actually watch too much CNN or watch too much television and say, you know, things sounds really bad. And I say, hey, this is Hillary all over again. This is a rerun. Conservatives stay home. You know, there's no sense even showing up at the polls because Hillary's got this as hands down. Thank you very much. RD is right on the button because weren't the bookies? They were they were betting on on on. On Donald Trump losing up until what the the, the same day it's, it's all the the, the line before, media the night about before. midnight <laughs> so I'm having to tell conservatives stay calm yeah. this is a media blitz it's just yeah, like it, Hillary it, it's a false optimism on the Democrats part because of what you hear them saying what they're trying to do is drive down turnout exactly. our our uh, our voters, as far as their enthusiasm level, is through the ceiling, and they can't beat that because their enthusiasm level for Joe Biden <laughs> is in the tank. So what's the best way to do it? Try to raise it on the Democrat side or try to suppress it on the yeah. Republican side. They're trying to suppress, suppress it. Suppress it. Yeah, absolutely. So, so what's going to happen with mail-in voting? I saw a rumor. Maybe I don't know. Maybe you can confirm this, Dave. Is it true that the um, Postal Workers Union actually endorsed um, Joe Biden? Mm-hmm. I hadn't seen that yet. So, I'll look it up. So, I'll look it up during the break. We're getting ready to go to a break. Yeah, Wayne no, Beach was here way, nodding his head, but yeah, we've got a break okay. coming up. Okay, so we got, we'll get to that when we come back as well. Uh, let's take a break to get to the news at the top of the hour. The power panel will be back. We're getting into some of the, the more uh, meatier issues, as I like to say, when we uh, get back with you. With Iverson Jackson, Wayne Beach, R.D. Hopper, and Paul Calvert, they're all in the studio. The power panel's there. I'm Dave Ellswick. I'm at home, but I'm still the host. We'll be back with more in just a few minutes. Let's move into the second hour of a Monday show. The Dave Ellswick Show is always the power panel on Monday. And sitting in the studio for the power panel today is Iverson Jackson, Wayne Beach, uh, R.D. Hopper, and, of course, uh, sitting in my chair with his purple robe and scepter <laughs> is uh, Paul Calvert, who 
<laughs> We're glad to have him here as well. I'll, just, I'll, I'll hold a purple pen as a scepter here. <laughs> <laughs> That's very funny. Anyway, uh, guys, a lot went on over the weekend. If you were in Chicago, you'd be glad you weren't in Chicago. Let's just put it that way. You might have been ventilated. Well, Chicago's Magnificent Mile, the Magnificent Mile, right there on Michigan. This is downtown now. We're not talking out down in, in the uh, urban areas Southside. of the city. We're, we're talking down downtown yeah. near the Chicago River. They were mobbed by rioters after a man was shot by police in the city of Inglewood. And because of that, the protesters took up uh, in downtown. Uh, videos are showing widespread looting and clashes with police across the Magnificent Mile uh, early uh, this morning, sparked by a police-involved shooting. Social media users posted videos of hundreds of people looting stores like Nordstrom's, Walgreens, Macy's, Coach, Gucci, and Louis Vuitton. Some exchanged gunfire with police at one point, although no officers were reported injured. Uh, Ryan Baker, an anchor for WBBM-TV, that would be Channel uh, 2 in uh, Chicago, said, absolute chaos in downtown Chicago with more overnight looting and vandalism in the loop appears to be in a coordinated effort with minimal police presence. And this is what bothers me in all of this, and it should bother every American. Why are we talking about minimal police involvement? Why, the inmates have started running the asylum. How come? Why do we have police if they're going to if they're just going to hide when people start burning and stealing? They're being told to stay home. The elected yes, officials are. are not supporting the police. Every prison in that state should be full of people right now. Uh, you, you can't probably the mayors. You, you the- cannot let people get away with lawlessness like that, or you have chaos. The mayor needs to resign. The county sheriff needs to resign. Anybody that won't put law and order back on the streets needs to resign from from their position i, 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 bet, those, I bet those cities are still enforcing their code enforcement rules I, yeah. I bet you still have to get a permit to build a deck outside your house or to put a put a um a porch on your house i mean what, what? they're still standing at the church doors yeah that's them up, maybe people. perhaps that's where but, the police are right but, but, but then, then, you, then you we've got got crazy people out there stealing from stores openly and these are law-abiding citizens aren't they yeah. there's 300 people shot in chicago every weekend 300 people they kill each other in chicago different just the criminals are shooting each other every weekend there's 300 people iverson we were talking two weeks Mm -hmm. ago a little girl eight or nine years old was shooting fireworks on the fourth of july in her grandmother's yard Mm -hmm. and got shot on a drive-by shooting in her grandmother's yard shooting fireworks and then everybody wants to protest the police trying to have law and order or shooting there. There's 300 people. I mean, who do they care about, Iverson? They who do these care people about the care people. about? They don't care about the people. They just care about themselves. Well, obviously, we need to disarm people so they can't defend themselves. Well, somebody's armed. There oh, yeah. Yeah. Shot, so yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I'm, I'm just saying, though, that's, that's the sort of the Democrat solution, apparently, is 
well, we've got a lot of crime in Chicago. Let's let's go disarm the innocent people. Well, and, and here's you said Democrats. This is what we uh, the Republicans have been horrible at doing. That's messaging. Mm-hmm. We got to understand. You got to tie all of this back to where, where it actually is, and that's to the Democrat Party. These are Democrat-controlled, Democrat-run cities, and they have been for 50, 60 years, and now they're unlivable. And that's what happens when you put Democrats in control. Well, and, and it, Artie Hopper was saying the prisons ought to be full, but I think in many cases it, they probably ought to be full of government officials, city mayors, city – city um, For violating their oath yeah, of Yeah, I mean, just the, these exactly. people that are they're supposed to be doing a, a, a job that they're hired to do, and how many of them are just blasted corrupt? Just, I mean, just they, they can well, just, they're just for sale. They're scared about their reputation. The thing about it is, is everybody's scared about their reputation. If we go out here and arrest these rioter protesters, where, where do you think the uh, mayor of Chicago lives? Do you think she lives in some of those Southside. areas? Any of those areas that uh, they they allow all the shooting to take place? Mm-hmm. And that's one of the problems. When you don't live with the people, among the people, then you don't have to. Uh, deal with the consequences of your decisions all the other people have to live with that well let me jump in here and and you know the beginning let's let's just roll this back that when it all started it started uh, in minneapolis minnesota Uh, it was already smoldering because of ferguson and some other places let's talk about what happened in chicago but it was what people perceived as innocent people get, getting shot and then uh, the rioting afterwards. This all began on Sunday afternoon. Uh, Chicago police responded to the report of a man with a gun in the city's Inglewood neighborhood while pursuing the individual on foot. He turned and fired shots at the police before he was struck himself and taken to a local hospital. That, uh, that uh, according to Deputy Chief DeLonda Talley uh, in an interview with Fox 32 Chicago, a crowd that had gathered at the scene then faced off against police and started hurling objects out at them uh, outside the hospital after getting agitated over a false rumor that the suspect, who is in his late teens or early 20s, was a child, investigators added. We do have an officer that was maced by someone in the crowd, Tally told Fox 32. We do have an officer that sustained a shoulder injury from the incident with the crowd. One of our vehicles, the windows were shattered by bricks. Police later tweeted an image of a gun they said they recovered at the scene. It looks like a, a, a 380 is what it looks like. Night special type gun. As of Monday morning, the suspect's condition is unknown, while Chicago Civilian Police of Police Accountability has launched an investigation into the shooting. Three officers involved in the shooting also were taken to a local hospital for observation. So this is not like the Chicago police uh, went after some guy and shot him in the back. 
that's not what happened here. This like man was... was running because he had broke the law. He had a gun. He was firing at police in, a su- in the suburbs, and they returned fire, and they struck him. They, uh, they probably had a little bit better practice uh, than, than he did, but they struck him, and then the crowds go crazy. My question is, is there any time that a ne'er-do-well can be shot and it not be the, the police's problem? And I think this is one of those things where you've got a very immature population in these Democrat-run cities, and, and so you've just got people that are, that are crazy they're criminals, and, and they're and and you're you're they're not willing to sit back and see. Well, you know, we don't know the facts. Let's let's figure out who to be angry with before we start burning things down, and and just like, I, I, you'll probably remember the case back several years ago with this with the Stanley family who had their kids taken away. We didn't know the facts for quite a while. It's like you know, I, I can look at the situation like I'm somewhat angry, but I don't know who to be angry with at this point because I, I don't know all the facts. I don't know who needs to be. Um, this is a terrorist group and criminals that you're talking about who want an excuse to riot to right. and pillage and cause problems. You've always got this percentage of people in, in every community that are that are criminals and, and terrorist organizations. And, uh, hey, you just have to control them. Well, and I, I think that's one of those things is we probably need to be have a little bit better protocol for dealing with these rioting situations. What do you do? When a hundred people block an interstate, you just sit there and, and okay. And just, now what, I'm going to deal. I'm going to deal with that in Chicago because I grew up in Chicago mm-hmm. or right outside of Chicago, mm-hmm. and I'll tell you this much: it used to be that the Democrats were liberal, but they stood for law and order. Mm-hmm. So I take you back to the '60s, and uh, you know we talk about Mayor Daley, the real Mayor Daley. I can tell you right now, this would have been stopped before it really got underway. Yeah. There have been so many police in that area, and they would have been arresting people. But I'll put it this way. They wouldn't have been nice about it. <laughs> and they would have been putting people in paddy wagons and carting them off. I'm just telling you, it would not have been pretty. Now, the mayor doesn't even let the police show up. Where where did that happen? Where did the, the Democrats decide it was in their best interest to ignore lawbreakers? They're trying to win an election. Yeah. You know, you go back to, yeah. let's go way, way, way back to the, the founders. Um, I think it was John Adams that said that our Constitution is for a moral and religious people and is wholly unsuitable for uh, the governance of any other. So when we, uh, as a country, when we started, you know, people started not going to church, not teaching morals, then people left to their own devices. And, uh, you know, no society is going to be able to survive yeah, when you have that. Huge numbers of families that grow up without fathers. Without home. fathers. Yeah. It, 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 what it, should we, we expect? We cannot escape that yeah. right there, that you have to have, uh, you know, that nucleus family. And, and again, that's one of the things Black Lives Matters. They want to destroy the nucleus family. And so we're not going to have a nation of laws, law and order, if we destroy, continue to destroy the family, and we think that you can live without morals. Yeah, I mean, what, what do you expect from, from like, just like when you, when you put animals in captivity and you raise them without parents, even, even zoologists yeah, will tell no. you 
th- it doesn't work. It doesn't you work. can't turn them loose and expect them to take care of themselves. You basically have to keep them in a cage for the rest of their life, or they're going to go crazy, or just starve, or maybe go eat the eat people. Maybe yeah. you have to put okay. A so let me ask there. you guys this question then, and I'll ask Wayne to, to to chime in on this first, and that is how long. Maybe they're already paying attention, but how long will it be before the American people understand that the Democrats are allowing our biggest cities in this country to be run by uh, groups of people that are lawbreakers and not by elected officials? Well, I think what I think, Paul, I mean, uh, Dave, is that. I smell a, a communist community organizer in this bunch, okay. and I and I think that I'm getting a lot of head nods, yes, <laughs> because I mean I can smell it. It just uh, I see that that whenever you see people that are breaking the law, obviously uh, they're rioting, looting, uh, burning down buildings, uh, pulling people out of cars and attacking them. Um, it, people are gonna. It's gonna probably start in the the more the more suburbs, that's where you're probably going to see the pushback more, and and uh, and then it'll probably migrate toward the inner city areas, uh, where you're going to see the greatest conflict is probably in those Democrat-run uh, cities and communities uh, that are failed, that have failed us all altogether. Uh, I've got an uncle right now that that he, he I said, who are you going to vote for now? He's he's strictly Democrat. He's always voted. Democrat all his life, and his dad voted Democrat, and and literally right now he's he's thinking. Says I said, what are you going to do? He says, I'm not going to vote. <laughs> and I said, your name is on that ballot, whether you vote or not. So you need to you need to decide. How do you feel about the writing? How do you feel about the vandalism? How do you think about the arson? He says, oh, we need to get rid of that. And it just goes back to what you were saying a while ago, Dave, that that they wouldn't put up with that back in in the in the old days 30 40 day, years ago i like how you put it the olden days but uh, uh, but you're you're right you're absolutely right the boss and i'm talking about richard daly would not have allowed that to occur we'll take a break 721 we'll come back we'll talk about this more because it's a very important part of the election that's not being talked about that's coming up here on the Dave Ellswick Show, 21 minutes after 7. Don't forget about PI Roofing. PI Roofing is ready to take care of your roof. They did it for me a week ago on a Friday on an afternoon. Uh, they came out. I didn't have to go out and meet them. I, they knew what I wanted fixed. They got on top of the roof. They tore off the shingles. They removed the uh, uh, plywood, and uh, they replaced with new plywood, new shingles, and got the... Uh, uh, the leak fix that I had in my roof. I got a bill in the mail, and that's the way I like it right now. I don't have to deal with anybody. So uh, get with PI Roofing. They'll do, they're doing their jobs uh, all the time right now without knocking on your door. Well, they did knock on my door. I opened my door, and they said, we're done. <laughs> that was it. We're done. They'll send you a bill. And I said, all right, and, and uh, Randy and the crew, uh, went on their way. So bottom line, call 707-3551, 707-3551, or go on the web to piroofing.com. No, no reason to put up with a leak. You can get it fixed and get it fixed professionally and right now.
All right, 27 minutes after 7. If you got to be to work, you need to get there. You're a little <laughs> over a half hour to get to work on time. The unrest in Chicago capped off another violent weekend in Chicago that included three deaths. But understand something. The deaths this time didn't happen on the southwest side. The deaths this time happened in the loop. And when you say the loop and you happen to be from Chicago, that's the place everybody goes if they're thinking about having a little bit of fun in Chicago. It's where the businesses are, the chop shop, the state theater, all those types of things. People go downtown to in, in, uh, uh, take advantage of those. From January 1st of this year through the end of July... There have been 440 homicides in Chicago and 2,240 people have been shot, including many of those who were killed, according to statistics released Saturday by the police department. So what is the police uh, chief saying? Uh, What is the mayor saying? Well, uh, Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot Uh, pushed back in a letter to the White House when the president said that he would send federal troops to help get things under control. And here's what she said. If you're a Democrat, this should really jack your jaw. I mean, it should really tighten it up good. Quote, we need you as president to take a leadership role in enacting meaningful and common-sense gun legislation, which you so far have refused to do. Now, the mayor's not stupid. I'm, no, I'm going to assume it, or I, I'm assuming she's not stupid. That might be a big assumption. Yeah, it could be. <laughs> but this tells you, here's the plan of the Democrats. We'll blame the president. We're going to blame the president, and we're going to play, blame the Republicans. Why? Because they don't enact more gun control. Look, the gun control we have doesn't work. The people who are felons out there and are, are the criminals are finding that they can get guns without any problem whatsoever. So when we come back, we're going to have to take up that part of the discussion. Right now, we got to get to Rush Limbaugh. So, uh, Iverson and, and Wayne and R.D. and Paul, stay with me. We'll be back and we'll continue our discussion here on the Dave Ellswick Show. The uh, phone lines are open, by the way, 823-0965. You can call that number and have your say. Back with you. Don't forget about the good folks over at David Lucas Financial. They ask you this question. What would you do with an extra $287,619 in retirement? Well, if I you know, take a minute and think about that, I could do a lot of things with that. I could take a trip to Europe. I could go over and uh, take my wife over to some places in uh, Asia that I would like her to see that I saw when I was in the military. But they want you to know that that's how much a Little Rock couple could save in taxes with their IRA and 401k, thanks to the tax planning strategies that they have from David Lucas Financial right here in Little Rock. 
So learn exactly how much money you could save. Now, let's get it down to a personal basis. How much money can you save uh, with a free retirement tax analysis? Well, if you've saved at least $250,000 in that, I know that sounds like a lot of money, but that's not hard to do over a period of time because you should have been saving from the moment really you were working uh, normally at age 25, I would say now. Be one of the first 10 callers to schedule your free analysis now at 501-223-3315. Do you have an IRA or a 401k? Well, if you do, learn how much money in taxes you could save by calling 501-222-3315. That number, one more time. Call this number. Learn how much money you could save at 501-222-3315. Investment, uh, the investment advisory service is offered through David Lucas Financial, which is an Arkansas registered investment advisor. Okay, so when we left off on the show, when we went to uh, hear from Rush, Uh, I was talking about the mayor of Chicago and how she was blaming problems in Chicago uh, with uh, President Trump because he didn't do enough about gun control. I can take you to Portland, Oregon, where the Portland, Oregon uh, mayor complained that it was President Trump putting in uh, federal agents to uh, protect federal property that was causing Antifa to show up uh, to uh, riot every night. And the same thing in Seattle. It's amazing to me that the mayors of these big cities and even with, you know, uh, Mayor de blah, 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 Blasio, he, uh, of course, is uh, against uh, the federal troops coming in and getting Uh, uh, you know, things under control. He found money in the the budget to paint Black Lives Matter down the main strip in New York City, as if that was going to stop the rioting. Folks, the inmates are running the asylums. What do we do? So we need to get him a jacket with buckles in the back? Well, the, the problem is a lot of these mayors were elected by people that wanted free stuff. Well, well the thing <laughs> is that, yeah, you, 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 when, when a bunch of immoral people elect immoral officials, why should we be surprised when those... You get an immoral community. Yeah, we have an immoral goes. reaction. And that's, I mean, where, so that's, where, that's where they're at. Anything they have goes. To, they have to cater to the people that elected them. There you go. And the people that elected them, oftentimes, maybe the people... Tearing the stores up and and tearing up businesses and stuff. So, right's right and wrong and wrong's wrong. It, the same law ought to apply equally yeah. to everyone. You know what's going to be Americans. interesting is to see is if these businesses come back to these communities or if they just abandon these communities and say it's not worth you know, oh, and, and, and reopening. That's, and that's kind of interesting because you know I think we've been hearing some um, there in New York City that we've got these people that are some of these wealthy people mm-hmm. that are leaving. And they're apparently they're not coming back for very for a while at least because of the COVID nineteen stuff. And then I, I think I heard something where the mayor was kind of asking these people to come back. Yeah. We need your money. Hey, well, da- why don't we let dry, New York dry up? 
Dave, you've seen this before. I remember my dad was telling me when I was young that when he was in the the army. Uh, reserves during Vietnam mm-hmm. that he was in L.A. when a lot of the riding, the war protesting was right. going on. And he said that people were burning the businesses and tearing down the businesses in their own community. Yeah. You don't the even people- have to go back to then. Go right to Minnesota and go to Minneapolis and what were the businesses they were attacking? Yeah, two weeks ago, the, huh? The, the businesses that were right there. In their neighborhood. In the neighborhoods what? of the people. Insanity. It's yeah. insanity. Well, and that's uh, why does that make sense to anybody? The, the <laughs> government hurt me, or, or hurt my neighbor. Or that's that's the cry, anyways. That's that's the the outcry is that government hurt my neighbor. Therefore, I'm going to burn the business of a different neighbor. <laughs> I mean, hey, where you buy me, groceries at? Let me let me tell you something. Here is where the rubber will hit the road. Will those businesses come back? Will they come back? That's a, that's a question. And it's a good question because as long as they stay in, in, in the southwest side, where the majority of the community is black, people tend to allow that to go on. Mm-hmm. And Iverson, you can jump in here if you mm-hmm. want to. You go down into the loop. That's not where the traditional, you know, person who lives in the southwest side of Chicago shops. That's where the suburbanite shops. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They bring their money in and they shop there. If they don't come down to the loop, now you're in trouble. Yeah, because, I mean, if they don't shop there, they're not going to go to the south side to shop. So no. where are they going to go? They're just going to move. I'm not go a lot closer to, to where they live. Yeah, I'm not buying any plane tickets to Chicago. No, I've been to Chicago. I've been on the loop before. I've taken it's a river great, rides. You, it's a beautiful city. I'm just telling you, it just breaks my heart what they're allowing to happen to that city. Well, maybe this is what it will take for the people to vote differently. Maybe. You know, to get the so. uh, light foot and the light hand, whatever name is, out, out of there. Because we need someone with a heavy foot and a heavy hand at this point in time. So that's not going to work. And, you know, sometimes people, you have to you have to kind of waller in your own mess, as we say, before it's kind of like potty training a child. If, you, if you've ever had that experience, I've had it for a few times. <laughs> you know, sometimes you have to leave that dirty pamper on them long enough yeah. to get miserable. And, uh, and then when you clean them up, they want to stay clean. And that's perhaps what needs to happen in these cities is uh, they need to, you know, kind of waller in their own mess until they are ready for a change. And not bail them out. And not bail them out. Why should we bail them out when they are allowing this stuff? That that's only encourages them well, to continue. And so, so the Chicago mayor complains, well, Donald Trump isn't taking away people's gun Donald rights Trump enough. Donald not the mayor. He's not the mayor. And, and, so, and so the fact is that we've got other places. In and the, they in, have a city council. In parts of the country, probably – Arguably, there's probably more guns out in the county areas, the, the non, um, the, the non city areas, the, the, the rural areas. There's probably more guns per capita, mm-hmm. by far, than the cities, and yet the crime is way lower. If the, if guns were a problem, you'd think that addressed that yep. issue. Yep, yep. Criminals are the problem. Criminals right. are the problem. When little children can't lie on their couch and go to sleep, a one year old, one year old, one year old, one year old. Dead. That someone walks through their yard and just arbitrarily just shoots, just, just puts the gun up, and just shoots as they walk, just randomly. Wow. And uh, and that's okay. Well, why don't they do a little research and, and and try to figure out why is it that people don't get murdered out in the country nearly yeah. as much as in cities? You know, maybe it's because 
the people in, out in the country are a little more self-sufficient, and they'll shoot back. Well, what, what I wonder, and I've, I'll ask you this question, why that one-year-old in having the funeral, why don't Black Lives Matter show up at that funeral? Or why don't Al Sharpton or some life, of those? Because that black life didn't matter. I mean, t- to me, that's sad that yeah, they won't show cause, up. Because that say, black life didn't matter. It's sad. not Black Lives Matter. Some black lives. I'm going to tell you matter. what. There's a there's a cable channel that I won't watch anymore. It's AMC. You guys familiar with AMC? Oh, really? Yeah. Have you seen some of the the hogwash they've been? No. Uh, Putting no. up, yeah, they've got an man, ad. Man, that was one of my favorites. I mean, yeah, it was with me. That's, I don't watch The Walking Dead now because of that. Here is what what their ad said. No lives matter until black lives matter. Wow. I saw that on cable. Mm. Yeah, wow. it's probably AMC. I think, yeah. it's, I think it's their particular ad. Right. That's BS. Wow. So we're going to kill people until the police quit killing us or whatever. So I guess two wrongs make a right. Wow. Yeah. It's crazy. I'm just telling you, it's crazy in our country right now. The anarchy. And here's the problem now. This is this bothers me because I know it's coming. Iverson, you've been around long enough. Artie, you've been around long enough. Eh, Wayne has <laughs> Paul, Paul kind of. Here's what's going to happen. Typically, when the pendulum swings this far to the to the left, when it swings back to the right, it swings hard. It swings hard, and I mean draconian hard. And we can talk about that when we come back. It's quarter to eight. You got fifteen minutes. Get to work. Get at it. <laughs> we'll be back with you here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, a, a, a article released today. Just to give you some information to some, a story that we touched on earlier, I don't know if it was this hour or late in the first hour, uh, the American Postal Workers Union's National Executive Board has voted to endorse Joe Biden for President of the United States. Listen to why. In their decision, the board recognized his record of advancing the cause of unions his support for the public postal service, postal workers, and his opposition to postal privatization. As our country has confronted the pandemic, postal workers have heroically highlighted once again the importance of an affordable, universal, and public postal service. Even as we have ensured that essential medicines Supplies and mail reached every address, serving the people at a time of incredible need. The Postal Service faces the prospect of closure. Without an immediate infusion of cash from Congress and the White House, the Postal Service will likely run out of money by fall due to COVID-19-related revenue losses. Uh, and there's more, but that's the basis. That'll make you feel comfortable behind him. That'll make us feel good about um, mail-in voting, hasn't it? Yeah, it uh, does. Uh, <laughs> if the if, voting yeah, for if, us, if, if the official position of the postal workers union is 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 uh, Joe Biden, I mean, is that going to make you comfortable about mail-in voting? I mean, I can see why Democrats want it. I guess. 
Yeah, yeah they're, they're running out of money. Uh, begins because their own management, their own decisions that they make. You know, I, I worked for the post office when I moved back to Little Rock in 1995. And, you know, you think you can work there, uh, what is it, 30 years, age 55, and you retire. 55, you're, just, you're still a, kind of a spring chicken. <laughs> but you get to retire, and someone's got to pay their retirement. So they probably need to relook some things and put that uh, retirement age up closer to what, uh, you know, the regular person has to work. So when you when you give yourself benefits like that, you're going to run out of money real quick. So I don't feel the need to bail them out. Well, yeah, make bad decisions. And there's yeah. one thing that the government does not understand, and that's profitability or efficiency. Government can't do it. The mm-hmm. only way to make the government uh, more efficient and more profitable is reduce the size of it. So the post office should have been gone a long time ago. It needs to be privatized. It needs to be ran by a company that understands how to do things profitably yeah, why do we need and, gover- effici- and efficiently. Yeah, why, do we need, why do we need a government service that brings mail to our house six days a week? Well, you know, that, I, I think maybe a reasonable solution, at least to start off, would be to let's, let's reduce it to two days a week. And we well, have private delivery companies sure, that are sure. all doing well. Sure. I mean, they're, yeah. not, they're not running yeah. short of COVID-19 money. COVID-19 ought to make them a whole lot better. A whole better. lot of money. Sure. Yeah. FedEx and UPS trucks. So, so they got to ask, if they, they've had a head start, the United States Postal Service, on all the other uh, mail delivery, package delivery mm-hmm. companies. They've had like a 150-year head start. Mm-hmm. Why are they in trouble and the other companies are, are doing well? It's because, Unions. <laughs> it's because basically government is the only entity that is rewarded for making bad decisions, bad choices. Unions. That's what it's all about. <laughs> That's right. Unions. So these unions, you know, they are backing the uh, people that they think will bail them out rather than, uh, you know, looking to their own policies and changing. We're not going to change it. Let's continue to do that. So if uh, the government bails them out, then we're rewarding them for making bad decisions. Right. They're going to continue to make bad decisions. Government's right. growing. Seven minutes till eight. Becky is in Louisiana. What's up happening down in in Creole country, Becky? <laughs> A lot of jambalaya. There you go. <laughs> thank you for the discussion this morning, gentlemen. I'm I'm a little bit less optimistic than you because I see the uh, kind of playing footsies, the Republicans and Democrats, and our Republicans are so squishy. And now I even see things like our pastors going squishy. Uh, you know, they won't stand behind John MacArthur and every one of them. You won't get much argument from us on this on those on those accounts, really. You, you know what? Whatever. You know what, huh? You think about it. We're all having to put masks on, which I'm not. Um, but uh, it's just like putting the armband on. The Jewish put the armband on, and we're just happily putting it on, and we don't see that the slippery slope is now iced over. Wow. But uh, I thank you, gentlemen. All right, Becky. Thanks for the call. call. We appreciate it from you. Hope that you have some good jambalaya before the day is up. <laughs> All right, guys. She makes a valid point. She does. Is, is the problem that is is that us that are talking here in this power panel don't just don't realize how deep the change has happened in America? Yeah, I mean, I, I certainly do. And let me speak to the issue of, of pastors. <laughs> I think I'm kind of qualified to speak mm-hmm. to that issue. I've said for years that when the whatever is ailing America, it's the pulpits. 
it it is the issue of the pulpits because that is what uh, uh, that's how this country got started is the sermons that uh, when you look at the declaration, all those documents there, they're just full of sermons, uh, things that were taken from sermons that were preached across the uh, the land. So if we if we being the pastors, we preach, just stick with the Bible. Let's not get into doctrine, but just kind of preach the basic tenets of the Bible. Then we wouldn't be having these problems. Jesus is exactly right. God's word in the moral authority of right and wrong in the golden rule that's it, it is the answer to all answer, this country's RD. problem. Yeah. It's that's the answer. To, but you know, darkness is just like you said. Darkness has always hated light. Mm-hmm. We're like, hey, we don't care what you do in your bedroom. We don't care. You show up for work and do your job. I'm not going to talk about what I do. You don't talk mm-hmm. about what you do. And a lot of people that works fine. But there's a group of people that hates Christians yeah. because. They, because we read the Bible and don't approve of some of the things that they do. So we we don't. So the well, people on the left, if we just look at, at history, they've never left Christians. But, but R D, the thing is though that when you when you go to church and and you talk about how you think that homosexuals are sinning, well, this might hurt somebody's feelings, and that, and that's just not acceptable for you to be able to hurt someone's feelings because they might just feel bad about that. It's, it's supposed to be and a free country. Silly, of course, but. Uh, you know, it's supposed to be a free country. People are allowed to believe whatever they right. want to believe. And uh, But the golden rule, if everybody treats each other with respect exactly and, right. ev- and everybody treats uh, each other with humility, we can be different and still get along with each other. The left, these people riding, they don't want equal rights. They don't want fair rights. They want special rights, yeah. and they want to take our freedom away from us. That's not the right that's doing it. That's right. Speaking, speaking of special rights, what you just said, Paul, about homosexuals. Mm-hmm. I said, now, this thing about homosexuals is relatively, as far as it making the news every day, is relatively new. You know, when you read the Bible, it talks as much about gluttony, which is overeating, as it does about alcohol. We can't talk about that, though. Well, what, what I'm, the point <laughs> no, being... No, I'm saying, you're right, you're right. Yeah, is it, yeah. is it, the we, point being, it's no different than anything else. Uh, sin is sin from that from that standpoint. You say glut, whether it's gluttony, whether it's alcoholism, whether it's beating your wife, or whether it's homosexualism. So no one's picking on them. It's just part of the package of, of, of uh, sure. what's in the scripture. Sure. That's and, and the fact is that I believe homosexuality is, is sinful. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I don't really want government to do anything about it. Right. But but it's just, it's just like, you know, it's one of those things that, yeah, I think it's wrong. But you wrong. don't get special treatment. Like right. Already right. Said. You don't right. get special you know, I, treatment. I shouldn't, I shouldn't um, be castigated or sanctioned by government or, or, or violated by government because I, I decide, you know what? I don't think I want to help you promote your sinful lifestyle. All right, but let me jump. Let business. me jump in with your conversation here. The problem is, and we're, we're running out of time. We'll pick this up uh, in our final hour, which you'll hear at six o'clock on one hundred one point one FM. The answer is this: many pastors now won't deal with anything that upsets any what they consider. A large quantity of their uh, congregation, even though it's sinful in nation uh, in nature, because they're afraid of losing maybe a large donor or whatever. Uh, the the pulpit has to get powerful again hmm? if it wants to get powerful again. Does that make sense? Amen, Dave. Yeah. All right, let's take a break. We'll be back with more here in just a moment. 
For the final hour of the Dave Ellswick Show, which airs at 6 o'clock right here on 101.1 FM, The Answer, we had left off at 8 o'clock this morning uh, talking about the role of the church. And if you look at our country uh, and what the role of the church has been and what it has become, uh, there's a huge difference and what it was, and what it is. Uh, back in the day, uh, if you wanted to get help, uh, if you wanted to have people that would, you know, do a pounding f- for you, when I say pounding, how many of you guys that are on the, the panel even know what a pounding it, it's, is? It's kind of like a like a baby shower or a or housewarming shower or something of that nature. Right? Yeah, you bring money, you bring, bring your food. Pounds. Yeah, they would say you bring bring your pounds, give the pastor the pounds. A lot of people don't even know what that is anymore because churches don't do it anymore, and that is an integral. I believe those are the things that are really integral pieces uh, for the church with the community. We've relinquished a lot of that. Mm-hmm. We want the government to do that. Instead of us doing it, so just recognizing uh, that maybe a, a young couple needs a little extra help when they first get married or when they have a new child, and it's it's a it's a kind of a fun thing to do mm-hmm. to help people out. Well, let me just point out: I was listening to your all's conversation. I you can't hear what I might have to say, <laughs> but I'm listening. I'm listening to your conversation, and Iverson said something that was really important. He said. He equated being the chairman of the GOP, and he says, look, all I'm going to say is here's what, our, here, here, here's what the, uh, uh, the platform says, mm-hmm. and this is what, what I'm saying is nothing more than what the platform says for the Republican Party, which was passed by the membership. Unanimously. He says, it, he, he says in, a, in a sense, that's what it is when I'm a pastor. I'm, I put on blinders. And I say, thus saith the Lord. Mm-hmm. It's not me talking. Mm-hmm. It's the Lord talking. Mm-hmm. And he and uh, I was really impressed with what you were saying, Iverson. Yes, sir. That's that's the way I've always uh, I've always lived my my life as a Christian uh, since uh, 19 December 1986. And, um, it, you know, to me, it simplifies everything. It takes it out of my hands. And uh, when I say this is what the scripture says, there's nothing to debate. You know, people, well, let's talk about it. What are we going to talk about? Let's just read this and then let's do it. So it's the same thing uh, with the uh, RPA platform. If this is what the people agreed to, and uh, Dave, you were there, R.D., you were there, uh, um, uh, Wayne, you were there. We voted on that. It was unanimous. The vote, this is what we were governed this body of people by in this RPA platform. So what's the problem? Well, the problem is whenever the federal government says, you know what, we want you to expand Medicaid expansion and we're going to send you a couple of billion dollars a year and the hospitals and the insurance companies want the money. 
and they get, give large donations to campaigns and campaign funds. And then campaign people take part of their donations and they pay for buildings and and, uh, and, uh, and and meeting houses and things of that nature. So, you know, money's a root of where, all evil, where, and that's where it comes well, from. Well, it's the love of money. Love yeah, money. exactly. <laughs> the love of money. Not money. That's exactly right. It might have just like a gun. It'll just lie there well, until someone right. puts it to work. But, you know, this is to that point, I'll say this. This is where uh, all the people, when you're a part of something, you just stay connected, stay involved uh, in that and let your voice be known. And I think that's the accountability, holding leaders accountable is where it all boils back down to. So that's where, you know, our county committees and, and people that are in the party have to stay connected all the time and, uh, and, and speak up. Right. Let's shrink government. Let's lower taxes and uh, let's make less law. Says. That's what the platform You're talking about the platform. Oh, yeah. The platform <laughs> also says that a local decision in a local community is always better than a, a decision. It says the more local a decision, the better decision for the community is, sound. A, is, is a better decision. So you know, that's uh, less RD, top down. I think you guys at your house should have uh, meatballs and spaghetti tonight. What do you, what do the rest of you guys <laughs> well, I, mean, I like that idea, especially, <laughs> like that especially idea? if he's buying and inviting yeah, me over. So you don't know what you, what you, you know, you and your family don't know what's best for you to eat tonight we're gonna we're yeah gonna, we, we yeah. can take a vote on it we you take know? a vote on it yeah, what, I mean, what you're gonna eat at your house tonight yeah, it was just when you gonna vote with us oh yeah I'll okay put so me we're, we're gonna, gonna vote for spaghetti and meatball do we have I'll to wear a mask on cheese do we have to wear a mask <laughs> <laughs> only when you're eating but but uh, let's cut let's cut back on the meatballs <laughs> no no no. i like off the meatballs so well, now we can fight over them <laughs> yeah but if we give him that he well you know maybe he can get uh, um get ground prime rib or maybe maybe ground up um tenderloin beef tenderloin and make those meatballs pretty pretty nice i tell you one thing a study came out of uca and and dave knows about it we talked about it a couple of years ago ago what's the name of the of the government uh class there you see i want to say it it's like acorn 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 yeah, i hate to say that but that's acorn and they come Acre, you're right. Acre, okay, all right. Thank Acre. you, Dave. I always get it wrong. It's Arkansas Acre. Center for Research yeah, and that's a Economics or something. They like that. said that Arkansas is heavily taxed on the top side, on the state side, and and lightly taxed on the county side. So the power is where the money's at. I agree. So uh, this is was a good study that was done. If people would take that study and and realize that we need some redistribution, we need more local government. And, and less state government, and that applies to the federal also. Well, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna maybe tweak that just a little bit. I think we just need we need less state government, but not more local government. We don't, well, we, don't, yeah, we, don't we don't, we don't, we need to fund our county police. The county police is is, is what I'm saying is it is underfunded in a lot of circumstances. But so you're saying more decisions made at the, at the local. That's what level. Well, yeah. maybe de- defund the state police and, and maybe send that money to the that's county. That's what I'm to saying. The county sheriff department. We in. don't. Yeah. We don't. We not, don't not, need. I think maybe, let, let's not use the term defund. <laughs> well, well, maybe reallocate. Yeah, reallocate Shrink the budget a little resources bit. from the state police <laughs> into the county. That's exactly Put right. The They'll the do a much better job office. on a county level. Not that the state police doesn't do a good job, but they're better 
local. Well, state police has, has, a, local. has a bad reputation for lobbying against our gun rights, and, and, and that's that's a pretty serious issue in my book. Well, whenever you get the head of the state police that's appointed by the governor, I think that's whenever you start getting a little politics involved. So let's keep it local and put the hands of our quorum court and the people in our communities that we go to church with. Let's let's let our fellow neighbors make decisions that affect our lives instead yeah. of politicians. And lobbyists and bureaucrats exactly. and things like that. What happens is you actually have um, – you when you take it back down to the community, you actually have individuals and families and neighbors and things that are making the decisions. Yeah, you when you leave it up the top, what happens is that you've basically bottlenecked everything into where you have lobbyists, bureaucrats – and polished politicians that are actually making those decisions rather than the community down below them. They just accept it and go on. Well, in many cases, a lot of these lawmakers, I mean, a lot of us have dealt with these these lawmakers personally. We we know them personally. And a lot of them, I think they mean well. Even people that I highly disagree with. I mean, I know Joyce Elliott, and I think she means well in most of what she she does, does, or, or maybe everything that she does, but I really disagree with her in a lot of cases. But one of the problems is that there's kind of a... A little bit of a intellectual arrogance on some level that they, I don't think they think of it this way, but they think they're qualified to make decisions for us, and they're not. I'm sorry. You, you've got people that are telling us they're going to establish a board uh, about how to wire your house or how to plumb your house mm-hmm. or, how, or this, that, and the other, and they, th- there might be one person in that committee who knows a little bit about that. The, re- the, the rest of them, in many, in many cases, just simply don't know what's going on, but they're going to believe the experts but the, these, a lot of these lawmakers, they don't know how to identify experts either. And so they're, they're not qualified to make these decisions, yet they make them for us. And that's actually an anomaly that I see at the, uh, at the uh, Capitol in those echo chambers is that you got to look at who's up there, who's getting paid to be there. Mm-hmm. And, and you look at who's getting – actually ask that question. Who's getting paid to be there? It's the lobbyists, the bureaucrats, and the politicians. Uh, a patriot out here in, in the community – is not going to show up at the Capitol it's hard. as often. It's he, hard. He it, can't. It, it's hard it's for hard a working man. Well, it's hard for a working man to spend much time up there and actually be up there long, uh, long enough and, and, and spend enough time there to understand how the process works and not just kind of get up and just fumble around and maybe show up to the wrong committee. And, and, and when you want to speak about a bill, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a pain in the neck. And when you show up, you show up, typically the neighbors and things will show up at a quorum court meeting or, uh, or a municipal meeting. When they're angry. And when they're angry, right. <laughs> and, and that's usually where you, you should see the change at. But what happens is just like up in Sebastian County, you actually have a quorum court up there that, that relies on the government to tell them what to do. <laughs> it relies on the state government to tell them what to do. And rather than trying to do it themselves, or you have somebody that's in a uh, top position, like county judge, that that <laughs> I'm not going to mention any names, but I will mention a position uh, that is in, very influential. They'll keep tabling a a a uh, bill of rights um, uh, ordinance ordinance, and then you end up with a uh, he he t- keeps tabling until he gets enough votes, and you've got to you've got to actually. Uh, get the people involved and yep. make sure that they have enough votes to override his influence. And t- too many times, even if you've got a highly Republican quorum court or or anything else, 
too many times you've got a Democrat holdout there that's doing the budget mm-hmm. and doing the budget. And uh, it's always easy to give everybody more money and not have any stipulations well, on, well, hey, you know what? You can't pay your cousin anything you want to pay them that we're actually going to have a, a pay scales for different jobs. So we're going to warrant what the job is worth and we're going to put a scale on it. And guess what? Whenever we get rid of that person, we're going to take the person back down to the bottom of the scale so you can't hire your neighbor and start them out what the guy had been there for 20 years was making from day one i mean well, there's it, work to do in the quorum courts also uh, but it's easier to control when it's at home than it yeah. is at well, the capital. that is true because in many cases at least you can talk to them exactly and, you know for you or i to get a get an audience with the governor might be a little bit difficult but i can go talk to the county sheriff i can go talk to the county judge talk um, to jp i can talk to my jp um uh, but but local is oftentimes better, but in many cases, it's not just Democrats. It's Republicans that like to grow the government, well, too. It's, yeah. it's a lack of being involved yeah. for all of us, but it is easier to start at the local. And that platform right there says yep. the more local a government is, the more effective that it is. And that is part of that platform that we need to pay attention to. That's exactly right. And that's all what right. we have to continue to push. I got to jump in, guys, and say our first segment is done. Uh, for you who are listening and you were wondering, what are they talking about? Uh, acre. What? what? <laughs> I got a couple of acres. No, not not like that. That is the Arkansas Center for Research in Economics. It's at the University of Central Arkansas, and it's very underutilized. It's a great organization. Uh, Dr. Jeremy Hopen, uh, Hopenthal. Yeah, is the, uh, the the head honcho there. They've got a book out that you can get called The Citizen's Guide to Understanding Arkansas Economic Data, and you should get a copy of it. If you'll just go to uca.edu slash forward slash acre, you'll get to their website, and at the bottom of that, uh, there's an area where you can sign up for the Acre newsletter that they put out, and that's important information that every Arkansan can use. 17 minutes after 8 here on the Dave Ellswick Show. We'll be back after a break, and we've got more to talk about. We are continuing with the Dave Ellswick Show. You're watching it or listening to it right now at uh, after 6 o'clock here on 101.1 FM. The answer, you may have already heard it by listening to our Facebook page, and you could listen and watch what was going on uh, as far as that's concerned. Uh, but whichever way you're doing it, thanks for joining us today on 101.1 FM, The uh, Answer. Here's a question for you. Things going on in different cities. How about this? A Nashville council member suggests possible ideas for non-mask wearers who transmit virus. How about we try them for murder? I, saw, I think I saw that. Are you serious? Yeah. No, I'm not making that up. Yeah. That is a true story. Uh, that is, happens as an at-large member of the Nashville, Tennessee uh Metro Council had a rather draconian suggestion last week for what punishment should be meted out to someone who is skews wearing a mask and could transmit 
the uh, COVID-19 virus to someone else. Try them uh, from, for murder. This oh. happened on August 5th. Sharon Hurt, an at-large member of the Nashville uh, Metro Council, asked Mike Jamison, the Nashville mayor, John Cooper's director of legislative affairs, and his senior advisor, quote, my question goes back to legislation. I don't know if Mike Jamison could be the one to answer the question, but my concern is, you know, I work for an organization that if they pass a virus, then they are tried for murder or attempted murder. If they are not told that this person who may very well pass this virus that's out in the air because they're not wearing a mask is basically doing the same thing to someone who contradicts it and dies from it. It seems to me that we have been more reactive as opposed to proactive and a little too late, too little. So my thing is maybe there should be legislation, stronger legislation. I don't know if Mike Jamison is, is, can speak to it or not, but maybe there needs to be a stronger legislation to say that if you don't wear a mask, and you subject exposure of this virus to someone else, then there will be some stronger penalty as uh, it is in other viruses that are exposed. So my question to you guys, I know that sounds way out there, but those way out there things sometimes get mixed in with the normal everyday stuff. Well, on, on principle, if you know you're sick and you go into a nursing home and spread the flu for instance you know i think that's reasonable to punish someone for that i mean that, that's that that is reasonable but to, to, but to tell well no i think it may be reasonable to prosecute somebody if they knowingly go into a nursing home or some place where people are vulnerable when they have the flu but to say that you know if, if someone doesn't wear a mask when they're walking down the sidewalk or maybe they go to lowe's that, that's pretty different when they're healthy if there's no evidence of symptoms, uh, and spe- especially with such – I'm sorry, folks. This is a pretty minor virus for the most part. There are some people who are getting sick with it apparently. But it's not like, from what I understand, the Spanish flu. I think I was looking at some numbers the other day. It looks like it may have killed 5% of the world's population compared to what we're looking at here, maybe a, a, a quarter of a percent of the world's population. Point it, it, zero, zero. I mean, uh, we're, we're something. not uh, – Listen, not, though – the government is not the solution. Hey, how about self-governing people? Right. As another law going, going to solve this problem? The the government's the ones that's killed the economy. Yeah. I mean, people use common sense. People people treat your neighbor the way you want to be treated. There the golden go. rule. The government's not going to come in and solve this problem. They've created they create a bigger it. problem if, if, if than what they've solved. So we do not need another law. If you want to see what big, massive, communist, socialist-type government looks like and how many people it can kill, well, let's look at the last century. What was it, 100 million? Yeah, I, I keep saying the, gold, the golden I mean, rule will solve this problem. You don't need yeah. anything but the golden rule. How would you ever – I mean, how do you prove that, that you are the one that infected someone? You can't. You well, can't. Uh, all the government's God. They know all things, yeah. understand all things, and always dis- distribute justice equally. Yeah. Yeah. The thing is that, that it's <laughs> – I was talking to a friend of mine the other day is that, you know, if, if it really does become bad, 
a lot of times people will self-quarantine. They, they will do things that are needed. Don't you think if, it, if this could become bad, it would already be bad? Well, Wouldn't it already so, be bad? So, so they're just trying to regulate the growth of it. That's, that's all, all that maybe, people Maybe, but we're, we're still dealing with government. They're not smart enough to tie their shoes in many cases, proverbially speaking, of course. But so, so they tell everybody to wear a mask. You know, in, in a very sterile environment, that might be a good idea. But well, talk, the fact is, we're not talking about a sterile environment. We're talking about people who will go around and touch their face mask all the time with it, with it becomes wet and soggy. And they go out and touch the grocery shopping carts. Yeah. And it's going to be against the law to touch your eyes. It's going to be against the law to touch your eyes. It's against the law to pick your nose. I mean, what's going to come next? Let's put some goggles on. Yeah. This is nuts, well, people. But, but the thing is, though, that, that – so, so – Well, let, let, me, let, let me be the devil's advocate. I think we should have that 30 law. 30 seconds. Okay. We should have that law, and we should start by arresting uh, Fauci because he was caught out in public without a mask on, oh, okay. and he drunk from a water fountain. So let's start with him. Uh, That'd be equal spreading justice. his germs around. He was spreading his germs. Drinking from All the water right. fountain. All right, we'll be back. We've got more to talk about. We've got to get another break in here on the Dave Ellswick Show. So uh, stay with us. Don't run away. We've got more uh, conf- uh, you know, discussion to go. Let me give you an example of what we're talking about here. If you have AIDS and you have sex with somebody and they are infected, you can be found liable. All right, so I ended up by giving you all a a uh, uh, illustration that we've already had this situation rise that if you have a a virus and you know you have the virus and then you willingly pass it on to somebody else you can be charged with criminal activity aids is one of those viruses if you have aids and you go out and willingly have unprotected sex with somebody, you can be found guilty uh, of, um, I think it's first-degree battery, if I'm not mistaken, although they've tried to get into murder at times. With that in, in, in your mind, it's not a large step to take to say if enough people get concerned about this virus that they could not use uh, that uh, thought process of the Nashville councilwoman of saying, well, if you won't wear a mask, you should be, uh, and, and you're out just infecting people, uh, you should be, uh, you know, considered for murder. Uh, I, I'm not going to say it's going to happen, but I, I could say it wouldn't surprise me if it did happen. There are crazier things that have happened. Yeah. You know, we've got Republicans now in charge. How about going to the side of freedom? I think when you get the government involved with people's sex lives, that you, we, we, we've already crossed the line here. There's an equal responsibility on both sides. There's two people in start of that. You know, like we were saying during break, we're not going to get armbands for people that's cleared by the government hey, <laughs> for, for, for relationships. So I'm ready. Dave, you said a lot of times when the pendulum starts swinging back oh, toward yeah. freedom and personal responsibility, Responsibility, I that it swings hard. I heard you say that in yeah. my lifetime. I'm not old enough to have seen it swung that direction when it comes to stuff like this. But what you're saying, it's it's possible. I'd agree with you. It's possible. But when are we, when is the pendulum going to start swinging toward freedom and personal responsibility? Well, here's the key: when it starts swinging towards freedom and personal responsibility, 
that's easier to stop than it is to stop a government from overreaching. People will take will allow a government to overreach and take their rights away from them because then they're not responsible for anything they do. And I think, Dave, maybe what your point was with the pendulum swing was not maybe to swing toward liberty, but it's liable to swing to a different form of government oppression. To a different form of totalitarianism because either end is totalitarianism. Right. I mean, I think it's it's kind of hard for for government to, to... to swing toward liberty, it's it, and like you said, it's it's the, the momentum is hard to, to keep up, and it's it's just one of those things that it takes people with courage to actually sustain the ideas of liberty. Because the fact is that when something kind of gets uncomfortable or, or, or difficult, life gets hard. Like, well, we need to have a government solution to this, and it's it's it, it takes courage to step back and say, you know what? Yeah, that was awful. Somebody died or somebody got hurt, but we don't need a government solution. No. We don't need a government solution. I mean, you know, what's the what's the difference between someone passing the coronavirus because they didn't want to wear a mask, and then you you take someone passing the AIDS mm-hmm. virus? Uh, what's the difference? You know what what what's the difference here? Because we got world world help AIDS day and all all that type of stuff. Yep. Why don't they just say okay? Uh, folks, we don't want you passing the coronavirus or wear a mask. All right, we don't want you passing AIDS, so stop doing things that cause you to pass AIDS. One, like one husband individual. and one wife? Uh, uh, where'd you get that idea? <laughs> <laughs> I, I know where a solution to that problem is at. Yeah, so, so, so stop fornicating. I mean, so but, like, but they're not going to get out and have a campaign to stop fornicating. <laughs> well, there you go. So you, if you That's can their say responsibility, yeah, you got to stay on lockdown for 14 days. So <laughs> to get away from AIDS, you stay on lockdown and stop doing the things that that passed the AIDS uh, infection on to other and, people. And, and there's there's a lot of different things like that. Just just like they're in Texas. I'm just saying, be consistent. Well, be that's, consistent. That's all I'm saying. But, but but have principles to begin with. The fact is, it's not terribly unreasonable to have a, have a law out there saying that if you know you have AIDS and you go sleeping around and you infect other people, you should be charged criminally. That's not terribly unreasonable. If you're going to be charged oh, for for right. corona, but but the, but the notion that 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 um, I someone, disagree with you. What's that? You, you think that? Well, and it's. There's two parties in this. There's two parties in this, and there's a solution to this problem without the government getting involved. Mm -hmm. And you're cutting freedom out, and you're giving them more power. And it takes money to have those court hearings, and you are growing government. Right, and and I I won't disagree with you on that point. It's just one of those things. There is some principle there to to, to, to say that. Well, yeah. well, or 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 AIDS or court, or whatever it is, <laughs> or and an I AIDS court, <laughs> or a hate crime court, or a hate crime court, <laughs> because because that, yeah, that guy committed murder and there was hate in his heart. <laughs> imagine that. Can you imagine? I thought he liked the guy. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it, was, it was a love murder. <laughs> well, I guess man, yeah. where does this well, go, people? Where does it go? Crimes of passion. Well, like, something that you just mentioned. Know that it's going to be a major. Uh, you know, talked about piece of legislation, and that's hate crime legislation. ASA has wanted this for several years, and uh, you know they're they're writing it up in the sen- in the Senate and and passing it around and having people look at it, uh, and they're really you know ready to pass it and make it part of legislation. If you want to stop it. You better get out in front and start really working against it now. 
Dave, could you have Jerry Cox come on the on with us sometime? Would you contact him? I'd like yeah. Jerry Cox's perspective on on hate crimes. I would love to hear what he would have to say about it. You know, he's been on before. We've talked about it. He, you guys know I'm against it. He's against it for the same reasons I'm against it. So uh, because it will go further than what people think. A lot of people are thinking that hate crime legislation is going to be if somebody kills somebody. No, it's not. It's going to be if Iverson stands at the pulpit one day and says something's wrong and somebody's offended by it. You mean the next time I minister? Yeah, that's, yeah. Hey, that's where it's headed. And I mean, it's already I, started in Canada. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. That's that's where it goes. You know, whenever you see a lame duck Republican, you would think, okay, he's a lame duck. Now he's going to go to the right and go hard, go mm-hmm. hard to the right. Now we see this governor; he's a lame duck. Now think, hey, you can go right hard now. You don't have to go back and ask the Democrats to vote for you. He's going left. Red flag laws and hate crime laws. I mean, he's headed the wrong direction. What's the next position he's going to run for? Well, the thing is, I think that somebody else is controlling that. I don't think it's necessarily just the governor. The governor has he his own attitudes, it. but I think that his some of his contributors and some of his uh, uh, some of his supporters are are uh, that's contributed to his uh, campaign and things are the ones that are actually pushing him in that direction because he may be going <laughs> for another position somewhere else. <laughs> sorry i had to clear my throat there <laughs> hey consultants tell politicians what to do they always the consultants. walmart yeah exactly <laughs> exactly if you're going to run for a national campaign you do, you don't go down to the local 7-eleven for a donation if you're running a national campaign you need yeah you need walmart google i mean you need the big guys and when you're going after the big guys you're going to have to look you know, center to left, center left. So uh, the, I think the consultants are pushing this. I just don't know what, what the overall goal is it yet, was, but uh, we're getting ready to find out. What's the angle on that? Why, why would a, a big corporation like to have um, enhanced penalties because someone had, had, had hate in their heart when they committed a crime? It's called cronyism. Let me tell you what, yeah. it, it, it has nothing to do with law. It has everything to do with uh, appearances. It makes you sound like you're you really care more, more by by pants by passing a piece of legislation like this. What is the main argument the governor makes about this? We're only one of four states that do not have hate crime legislation. How has it changed anything in the other forty six states? Nothing that I know of. It, oh, it may have helped somebody win an election. You know, it, it sounds like uh, Jeb Bush. It sounds like uh, Mitt Romney. It sounds like those kind of politicians are the one that passed them in their states when they were trying to run for a national election when they got them passed before they went to the national debate. And I've got news for them. It didn't work out for either one of them, thank goodness, because neither one of them are true Republicans to start with. You get into a mind-reading thing whenever you get into a uh, hate crime. Is that, am I going to read your mind and tell what's in your heart? Mm-hmm. And, and you, you get on a slippery slope very quickly like that because it's, it's, it's a range of areas. That's where, that's where actually a judge or a jury actually makes a determination on punishment, the level of punishment that a person gets. 
did they intend how how bad did they intend well, to do it and that's the nature of murder or that's yes. the nature of theft right intention is is a major component of murder or theft because you know if 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 i drive home and i have a car accident and maybe a tire blows out and i hit another car and it, and it kills somebody you know the, the, there's no intent there. there's a total accident there's not it's not murder it might be i don't know what they call it like a manslaughter or something like that no, no intention there is just totally an accident but somebody died maybe because i didn't check my tires well enough in my car and one of them blew out that becomes- um, it would be an accident it's, a, it's an honest accident honest mistake but somebody still died. There's still laws in the books for that, right, guys. There are. There's there laws are. in the there books are. for everything right. that we're talking about, except what Dave's talked about. So there's laws to take care of murder. There's laws right. to take care of right. manslaughter. That's all in place. Right. But there's not laws to, to keep Iverson from preaching God's word in Yet. the pulpit. So Yet. we are loading our we enemies' are. guns with ammunition to shoot back at us. That's mm-hmm. exactly right. You know, the, remember several years ago, uh, this was, I think, under Bush 1, where these uh, white guys got this black guy and they put a rope on him and drug him behind the car like mm. the old days yes. with the horse. Remember that? Yes. So are are we saying that the penalties under law would not allow them to be punished, uh, punished sufficiently with the law that already exists, that we would need a new set of laws to punish them sufficiently for that same crime because they were too, they were just mean to a black so, man. So and that's what I'm saying. And, <laughs> the and, laws you know, are there. Are the laws there already? And that's what we have to look at. Do we need more laws on on the books, or with the laws that are right. there? I think they could get the death penalty there, and I don't know how Let's much more give it to dead or you can get. You could hang them. You could hang them and then shoot them. <laughs> well, yeah, and then burn them. I don't think they feel this, this, the second, <laughs> right. third one. Right. But and and that's the Good question point. we have to ask. We ha- we really have to ask in all seriousness is that are there not sufficient laws on the books to whatever that crime might be to handle that crime versus just giving it another label. Because that's not going to do It's about perception again. Any any good. And I I think maybe one of the things we need to look at is maybe being more aggressive and being a lot more fast, be a lot quicker with the judicial process. You know, if if, if 47 people people saw saw somebody murder someone Mm -hmm. and drag them behind a vehicle, you know, if there's plenty of witnesses and you've got plenty of evidence and there's no question about it, why does it need to Let's take 10 done. years? That's what Judge, pa- Judge Parker yeah, said. I mean, why does it need to take 10 years? Why, <laughs> if, you've got, if you've got a solid case, why can't the, why can't the, the, the entire trial process be done and the, exec- and the, and the uh, executions take place within six months? Why does it need to take years and years when you've got... You know, I, I can see years ago, years ago, maybe decades, a couple of decades ago, where it could take a long time. Just to gather the but witnesses. Today, well, but today we have DNA. And so with our technological advancements in forensics and everything else, uh, there's not a whole lot of room for doubt. Or, well, in some of the know, cases. Or, but they may have it on camera. They may have it on camera. But, 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 but I mean, but, we've um, got all kinds of forensic uh, technology now that there's no doubt about what so, happened. Some of the cases, maybe. So, so yeah, I think we should sh- shorten that time. Well, I spent 14 years on death row. That's insane. If, well, if it's, the man, it one, of, one of the three white supremacists that killed James Byrd back in uh, 1998 in Texas was put to death last year. He was executed. And I don't know what uh, what the policy is for the other two. Was that 21 the bottom years? Line, yeah, 21 years. The bottom line is this. The guy should have been on death row 
you know, whether it was because he hated black people or not, it seems pretty evident to me that he hated black people the yeah. way they killed this guy. I mean, seriously. I mean, uh, it comes down, he so killed him, he killed him in cold-blooded law. murder. I don't need another law. You're exactly right. Okay, we got to get a break in. I know you guys hate that, but we got to get another break in. <laughs> Take a break, and we'll come back, and uh, we'll talk further and finish up the, the show today here on the Dave Ellswick Show, 101.1 FM, The Answer. All right, back with you here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Final segment. Got about seven minutes yet. Uh, so, guys, let me just let you know, when you hear the closing minutes music that comes up in the very end of the show, Hush. Okay. okay. Hush. Don't make me cut you off. I will. I just want you to know that. To shut up you might. When, we got to, when we got to the end of the last segment talking about hate crime uh, legislation, here's my whole take on hate crime legislation. I don't need to know uh, if it's, you know, like a capital case of murder, why somebody killed somebody. I just, you just need to prove to me that they killed them. Yeah. I, I really don't kill, care why, okay? I, ca- I care for the information that they did the deed. And then I go from there. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. You know, there's mitigating circumstances for punishment. There, 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 there. I mean, there could be mitigating, like a woman kills her husband in cold blood. But then in the mitigating circumstances, you don't give her the death penalty because you find out that the man beat the living crap out of her just about every day of her life. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to put her in jail, but I, I'm not going to kill her. I'll be honest with you. I wouldn't kill her well, if I'm, they can prove it. Well, you, might, you might even I'd determine that it was self-defense. <laughs> <laughs> I'd just like to ask this question. When will it be time? For all Americans to be Americans and everybody to be on an equal playing field. It looks to me like that our government is still trying to divide our country by by pointing out all this, just like the news media mm-hmm. is, is puts all the racial stuff in their news reports. They're trying to divide this country. When are we all just going to be Americans and be on an equal playing field? Jobs when will we be ratings. ready for that? Jobs and ratings. Jobs for more government jobs for all the different categories. Is that more, what it's for? And more ratings for the uh, media. Okay. So for the love so of money, you, what you're saying. So what you're saying, you think America's ready for it, but it doesn't serve the politicians and the serve. media. But you think we're ready for it. Yeah. I hope you're right. You know, uh, and let, right. Me, let me go back to this. I, I mentioned this maybe a few weeks ago. Uh, my children, you know, my children now are 28, 27, and 21. Well, a few years ago, when they were still in high school, the two oldest one, I asked him, I said, well, what do you guys think about, you know, this, this racial thing? And he was like, well, Daddy, we don't look at our friends like that. We don't even think. So th- that's a generation that's gone by that's poisoning this current, trying to poison this current generation because they don't uh, think. think of them. Now, my children are, are all black. And, uh, but their friends, they through the years, their friends come spend the night at our house out that are don't look like them and, and our kids who spend the night at their house. So, you know, it's not an issue for them. It's being made an issue by the older generation to keep this poison going in our country. Thank you. And that's, that's what some of this hate crime stuff does is it, it, it just, it, like, like Artie was saying. It's a saying, constant reminder. You know, it, it's, a div, it's a divider. It's a divider. It's, it's a divider that, you know, if you can keep people in smaller groups, you can beat them easier as yeah. opposed to, you know, murder's wrong. Let me tell you what what 
a lot of people, or to say a lot, there's there's some people out there, what they hate more than anything else, and that's this, right here. Can you see? <laughs> yeah. His hand is bigger than mine, though. <laughs> that's what they hate. Yeah. Is is uh they 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 don't want they don't want races to get together. They don't want economic status to get together. They don't want anything equal like you talked about. We're all equal. We're mm-hmm. all human beings. Okay. We may disagree on some things, but we still we're still in good. Mm-hmm. We all want the same thing. We want our families to be safe. Mm-hmm. We want we want our nation to be great. We we want God mm-hmm. in our lives. Yeah. And and I and I cannot see why somebody wants to destroy those things. Yeah. If, yeah. It's because of money. They want to destroy this country. And they're willing to sacrifice those things. For but, but our politicians do not need to sell us out to gain favor or improve their positions. That's exactly right. Well, there it is. Y'all sure got quiet. <laughs> well, we, 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 we've got the best government money can buy. I don't know about that. But bought paid for? We need the smallest government money can buy, and, and we need more freedom and and, and more and more. You know, rights. One, one of the things. Uh, let, let me say this. This is, and I say it because this is also what we do with your churches. We'll we'll have to, you know, Sunday school. We have to make that school again. And there's nothing wrong with teaching civics lesson in Sunday school and teaching how government works in Sunday school. So again, our churches need to get back involved. And uh, in, into the, in the communities and really doing a real work, like educating the people and not just this a lot of this entertainment that's going on in churches today. Yeah. So, I mean, that's coming from Amen. a pastor. <laughs> yeah. OK, guys, we've got about three minutes remaining. Real quickly, I'm going to ask you a question. You just say yes or no and give a real quick uh, answer why you said yes or no. Professional sports are finding it difficult to get underway, as are collegiate sports. It looks like uh, SEC football is not going to be played until the springtime. Big Ten, probably the same reason. And Pac-12 seems to be going that way after Mac made the decision not to uh, continue. So my, uh, okay, they're saying I got 90 seconds. So just a yes or no. Are you going to watch professional sports when they come back on, whether it be NHL, NBA, NBA, whatever. Iverson. No. Okay. Uh, let's, let's see who we got. Wayne. No. No. RD. No. No. <laughs> Paul. I didn't really watch professional sports anyway, so I guess it's All not. Right. A- all right. Bottom line is this. I think they've shot them all, all shot themselves in the head. We're out of time. we got to get a break to stuff we talk about here with the Power Panel. We'll see you again next week.